Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that do well by doing good. This podcast is brought to you by Engage for Good, Selfish Giving, and Unfiltered, the new podcast of Phil and Company. That's Phil as in philanthropies. Now on to our show. Hey everyone, it's Joe Waters and I want to welcome you to another exciting episode of Cause Talk Radio. On the line with me, of course, is Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hey, Joe. Megan, it was so awesome to see you so at Engage for Good last fun. week. I wish we could do it. I know. Not every week. Once was, a month. Yeah, and once a month. What, <laughs> Without what the work on about? my once end. Once a once a year is plenty. You know what I mean? It's like the perfect Ugh. relationship. We get to talk on the phone. We get to talk to other people. We don't have to see each other. And then we get to meet. That's right. We only meet <laughs> once a year, though. <laughs> Thank God for that. I don't think we'd like each other quite as much. I know. See, that's the thing. You know, it's, you know, distance makes the heart <laughs> a lot fonder. Isn't that an expression or something like that? Yes, like, you know, something like that. So I, I think we have a new thing that we can bring to marital homes across America. To see each other once a year. It's right? all good. You see it once, once a year. That's perfect. Well, all right. Uh, you know what's interesting about this show, Megan? What? We don't have a guest. <laughs> it's know. just me and you. It's just me and you. And I mean, it's kind of funny because if since we saw each other last week, if we didn't have a plan for this week's show, <laughs> we'd really be screwed because we kind of talked each other out last week. <laughs> it's a true story. Right? We have right? a plan, though. But first, that we have a plan, and we have to share some news with you it's folks. exciting news. About what, um, it is very exciting news, and I think it will be better. I agree. I think it will be better for Cause Talk Radio uh, moving forward. One of the things that Megan and I have decided uh, for the summer of 2018 is that we are going to be taking the summer off from doing the podcast, but fear not, we will be back in the fall with more Cause Talk Radio. And maybe, Megan, and maybe you could comment on this too, like a different format. Mm-hmm. We might be doing something different in we the are. fall, right? We are. So what we're what yeah. we're going to be doing is going to more of a seasons format. So we'll come back with a handful of shows on a specific topic. So maybe we're talking about point of sale. Maybe we're talking about careers in cause marketing. Maybe we're talking about employee engagement. Maybe we're talking about small business. We are going to be talking about something and doing a little bit more of a deeper dive into that particular subject for a handful of episodes, mm. maybe five, six, seven, depending on what we, you know, the content and how di- how deep we dig into each of those yeah. things. So that is going to be the new format. Yeah. So while you won't be hearing from us directly over the summer, Joe and I will still be working in the background toward this exciting new format. That's right. That's right. So don't think, I mean, Megan will probably be relaxing a lot more than I will be, folks. You've got a lot I'll of yard work to do really or something. really working on the new show. That's right. got a lot of yard work. And then while I'm out there, I'm kind of going to be recording stuff that I can use Please on don't. the show. Right. So, yeah, I know. That's exactly <laughs> where you don't want it anyways. But I'm really excited Me about too. this. I think it's going to be really good for the show. And I think when we look at podcasting, folks, I think this is a bigger kind of trend in podcasting, too. This idea of doing seasons. And, you know, I've always been of the opinion, too, Megan, when it comes to whatever content you create these days, especially when there is so much content out there, so many blog posts, so many videos, so many podcasts that you really have to mash your forces and say to yourself, I'm going to focus on this topic 
for the upcoming season, whether it's 8, 10, 11 episodes. I think it's probably just a better strategy. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, folks, and if it doesn't work out and we don't like it, we'll switch back and we'll go right back to doing it every week from here to eternity. Right, Megan? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> That's a scary is, word, yes. huh? Eternity. I don't like that. That's right. That's right. But this being our last show of, uh, of not of 2018, but of this year, well, you know, for, for now, anyways, until we come back um, in the fall, Megan and I wanted to take some time to go through our favorite episodes. Um, and this episodes that we're looking at are actually from just about 200 to our last show, which I think was what, Megan? 266 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, but I don't know about you, but I really only stuck with things over the last six months or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what it is, too, is we did a recap show like this around 215 yep. episodes, yep. I noticed, uh, last time. So it's about, like, the last 50 episodes. And what Megan and I really just wanted to talk about was, like, what were our favorite episodes? What were the things that really kind of resonated with us? So that when you're thinking of not having us over the summer to listen to, you can say, okay, I can go back and I can listen to some of these episodes because they were some of Megan and Joe's Absolutely. Favorites. We don't want to leave you hanging. You want yeah, to go first? I go first? I always want to go first. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. <laughs> so uh, my first one was episode 250. This new app helps investors mm-hmm. track how spending impacts the planet. Um, so in this episode, Joe and I interviewed Andre Cherney, who is CEO and co-founder of Aspiration, which is actually a financial firm that helps people make money and make a difference. So it's in, you know, in addition to being like a bank account that people can use, it's also an investment account. Um, and the reason that it caught my interest originally, I actually met Andre um, and a couple of folks from Aspiration at a conference I attended, but they have something that is an app called the Aspiration Impact Measurement app that lets people see the impact um, of their daily purchases on the planet and on people. And they've actually done a really thoughtful job putting this app together. So mm. um, I, I just, yeah. I really liked this because it's different. They've been acknowledged um, and recognized since, since our interview in a couple of different ways um, as just an up and coming business and innovative business idea. And, you know, they're, they're very, you know, this is something we see all the time, but they're doing well by doing good. So their company is doing well because it's helping people feel like, oh, here's something that's just kind of boring, like a checking account or an investment mm-hmm. account, and they're helping them make that be purpose-focused. So I think anything that can help yeah. us in our daily lives kind of embed cause into our daily lives, make things yep. more purposeful, I think that's the way we're going, right? And I think that they've done a really, really yeah, smart right. job with Aspiration um, and with this Aspiration Impact measurement that they've done. They um, are not, mm-hmm. they're not opening it up to, they're not allowing people to use this tool unless they're actually an Aspiration customer, which makes sense because like, you know, you have to chart your yeah. daily transactions through your checking account. That's kind of how they do right. it. Um, right. But I don't know. I think there's some. I think there's some there there in terms of uh, uh, you know opening it up to the wider population. But I just really loved it. Well, you know, 
what I loved about that too was in kind of what you hinted at too was just how it gets into the weeds, the details of people's lives. And that, you know, that's when you really find like, that's when it really kind of makes a difference. You know, when we kind of wear people down, (laughs) you know what I mean? With cause, but I mean, you know, that, that every day saying, you know, the, this little things, everything that we do can be connected back to social responsibility in some way. That's really powerful. And when people think more about their purchases and the impact, um, I think that's really important. And, you know, Megan, it's interesting to note, I was just reading an article today that uh, De Beers, which is the, you know, the largest mini- diamonds. Not, yeah, they, they like mine for, they do everything in the diamond process and stuff like that. But I thought it was really interesting is that they are really starting to embrace synthetic diamonds after kind of poo-pooing them for years and saying that's something to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's really good news because it reflects that people are saying, hey, look, you know, a lot of the conditions in these mines uh, are hazardous. Uh, the pay for people uh, working in these mines is low. Uh, we have to think about how this affects uh, communities where diamonds mm-hmm. are. And it really ref- it shows just how far social responsibility can really go. Uh, when we push well, and on I think it. also just bringing bringing visibility to people's daily purchases or what have you, um, you know, whether it's their yeah. purchase of a diamond or of seafood or, you know, of their just generalized spending. So I think that's kind of what Aspiration is, is working on. So I love that. Unfiltered, the podcast of Phil and Company, delivers an insider's look at the people, issues, and influences that shape the multi-billion dollar charitable giving industry. In this week, they talked to Adopt-A-Classroom and Burlington Stores about why over half of U.S. public school children can't afford basic classroom supplies and why teachers are spending an average of $600 out of their own pockets to fill the gap. Find out how Adopt-A-Classroom and Burlington teamed up with some help from Oscar winner Common to create an award-winning campaign that raised millions to help right the wrong. Subscribe to Unfiltered, that's Phil as in Philanthropies, on Apple Podcasts and learn more at philandcompany.com. What's your what's your yeah. first episode you want to bring to our to our attention today? Well, you know, one of the things I always look for, and you know this, Megan, about me, is I'm always kind of like the transactional, the how-to. I love the example examples of like local businesses and nonprofits doing great work. And one of my favorite episodes is episode 219. And the title of this one was How This Chain of Garden Centers Raises Six Figures with Cause Marketing. And it's the story of A.J. Petiti, and uh, which uh, we had the president of A.J. of Petiti's on, uh, Petiti's Garden Center. And we had a great conversation. They are a small garden center chain, Megan, as you might remember, eight stores, and they do a partnership with Cleveland Clinic every year. And what I think is so amazing about this is I love how it really reflects how every business can raise money for good causes. And uh, Petites actually does a uh, point of sale fundraiser. I think they did it twice a year. Once of it, once one was for Cleveland Clinic, and then they did it for another mm-hmm. organization. But they raised a hundred thousand dollars, Megan, which is really impressive. And one of the things that they did so well was they were able to raise fifty thousand dollars at their register. But then they went to Scott's Miracle Grow and asked them to match those dollars 
was, and they so did. Smart. So they've raised a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, and it, and God incentives aren't something that you would generally think of. Like, hey, that's a great place to do a point of sale program as opposed to doing it at a restaurant or a department store or what have you. But the truth is, is when I go to my local garden centers, the lines are long, and you know, especially during this time of year during the spring, they're busy mm-hmm. too. Uh, so they're actually very good places to do these types of programs. So it was just a really successful program, and you know, I talked to a lot of people around the country about this program because I'm just very impressed by it, and it shows that anyone uh, can do uh, cause marketing. I agree, and I think it's interesting that they partnered to benefit a children's hospital. I mean, to me, you would think the natural uh, selection would be something like Save the Bees, Save the Butterflies, or something. That's right. Ornithology, the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, which we saw at the conference, something like that. But yeah, yeah, they could could do that, but But they were still successful raising money for, for kids. That's right. And I think what's so powerful about it, too, is it shows that when you put your muscle behind mm-hmm. something, when you put your heart and passion behind something, you make a difference in any cause you want, uh, but you have to be sincere about it. You know, one thing I wanted to mention to people, too, is if you are interested, too, in kind of that local giving back perspective, I would definitely also suggest um, episode 246. This Wisconsin restaurant chain powers its giving back with tacos, and it talks about Bel Air Cantina. Mm-hmm in the greater um, Milwaukee area and how they're giving back to great causes. And one I also liked was another Ohio company, Megan, uh, Velvet Ice Cream, uh, episode 226, Ohio Ice Cream Maker Raises Cold Cash to Cream Cancer. And uh, who wrote that title? Oh, I did. Wow, that's brilliant, I'll tell you. And uh, just a, <laughs> I love that headline. And uh, they were talking about their work with Pelotonia out yep. there. And it was just a great partnership. And it started with them actually participating in the event. And then they donated in-kind items. And then they grew it to the point that they actually uh, changed the label on their ice creams to support uh, the cause. And I just think that's great. And they're all just local examples of cause marketing. And if we had every business in America doing a cause marketing program to benefit great causes, think about how different the world would be. I agree. Everyone should do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what was your second one? second one was episode 243, Petco's new app that rewards cute pet selfies with donations will melt your heart. So this was um, an app that Petco came out with that very smartly, I think, um, unlocked a $1 donation to the Petco Foundation for every pet selfie you posted. And Mm -hmm. they gave you a dollar to spend at Petco, essentially, when you did this. So um, I just think this was a fun promotion. I think it was um, very much you know, capitalizing on behaviors that people are already taking. Mm. Now, the my only beef yeah. with it, and you and I kind of talked about this with Brock Weatherup, who's the guy we interviewed for the show, who's the EVP mm. of Strategic Innovation and Digital Experience at Petco. But we said, like, why do this on your own app? Like, why not do it on Instagram? So, yeah, you know, right. they, but they yeah. have the manpower, the muscle to put behind the app. And clearly, um, you know, they right. had started monetizing it with, with vendors and sponsors, and they'll continue to do that. But I did get um, an update from Brock. He said just in the month of May, they went over 6.5 million pet selfie likes um, and they hadn't even launched the Android version yet, which is crazy. They had wow. donated over. That's amazing. I know. Donated over $300,000 to the Petco Foundation and participants have also earned over $300,000 of free dollars to spend at Petco. And then they also added, this will sound familiar for those of you 
Snapchat and Instagram users. They have stickers that they added to the app. And then they're also going to be launching a Heads and Tails website to coincide with the app so that anyone can participate whether or whether or not they have a mobile phone. So it's kind of exciting. Mm. So they they and keep going and they're keep they they continue to be successful with this. And I just think it's I think it's fun. I think it's light. I think it's cute. It's raising good money. Um, it's it's simple. It's capitalizing on existing behavior. I just love it. Yeah. Well, you know what I like about that program too, or that app, is that they target influencers, and they're not targeting celebrity influencers. They're targeting micro influencers, and you know they're saying, "Hey, look, you know, you get out there and you reach out to people, and you know when they love your pick." Uh, that you put up on our site. We're going to reward you and we're going to re- reward a good cause, our foundation. So, you know, I love the, um, you know, what they're trying to do there because, I mean, one of the hottest things, and I noticed this too last week when um, I was at, um, when we were at Engage for Good, is that the three things people talked in about in the digital social session mm-hmm. that I was moderating, Megan, mm-hmm. they were talking about um, influencers, yep. video marketing, yep. and Instagram. Yep. And what we have here with the Petco app is an Instagram-like app. And so it fits right in line with what two of those three things. Uh, you know, talking about, you know, a site that's popular with the kids, Instagram, and then talking about influencers, which I think is really important and a big focus of uh, of causes right now. I agree. What's your next one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, after talking about the local angle on cause marketing, I went through the episodes to see who was a real cause marketing pro that we talked to that I really admire. And of course, um, episode 224, How Children's Miracle Network Raises 70% of Its Revenues from Retailers, we had back, I think for the third time, Megan, (laughs) Clark Sweat, who is the Chief Revenue Officer at Children's Miracle Network. And I love talking to Clark. I mean, I could listen to this guy talk about uh, about point of sale all day because, you know, that's my background. That's what I'm interested in, transactional point of sale cause marketing. And I always feel like I'm also getting a look at the future of exactly. point of sale when I talk to people like Clark and he's talking about beacon technology and talking about AI and the different types of uh, POS systems that people use. And of course, we had Clark on two other episodes. Um, episode 107 is a particularly good one to listen to with Clark on it. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking too about Clark and what he talked about, I thought a lot of the issues he addressed really were addressed again, but from a retailer's perspective in episode 256, what works better for checkout charity, cashier or pin pad? This retailer's $825,000 answer. And this is where we talked to Marty Posh, who is the president of the Finish Line Youth Foundation, who I saw at Engage for Good last week. Hey, Marty. And that was just a really interesting campaign because I thought it reflected, too, just how big retailers do these types of fundraisers. I think it's funny that you're trying to get in, like, seven favorites. Like, our assignment was to do three, and you've now just, like, jammed all these in. You're making me look bad. Well, I'm greedy. You know that, that, right? I I mean, so I want to just push it, you know, so I I can't just pick one. I have to pick like a bunch of them. I just had to. But I love that one, though, too. And seeing Marty last week No, I know. And Marty's amazing. And, um, you know, one of the things I find so fascinating about Children's Miracle Network is that even though I and you probably, too, think of them, and and they are sort of the leader in point-of-sale technology, they're always pushing the bounds, they're always trying to figure out how to embed themselves at the register, no matter what the future of of point-of-sale looks like and what um, future... 
checkouts look like. But the other thing that they contend with that I think is so fascinating, and I honestly can't remember if we talked to him in this episode about it or not, is the mm-hmm. fact that they have all types of businesses they partner with. You know, they have tiny, yeah. like uh, teeny tiny Dairy Queens that have the most antiquated credit card machines yep. ever and they can't have a you know yeah. an ask at the credit card terminal yeah, they could barely bring right. a t- transaction at these terminals so they go they really span yeah. the gamut from very low tech to very very high tech and i just th- i think it's that's a nice perspective to have because it's not like they're only partnering with you know the upper echelon of retailers they have the entire gamut and it's yeah. it's it's a good reality yeah. check no that's what i love too and you know you realize with a lot of point of sale programs it's complicated. Absolutely. Right? You know, because of the different systems and stuff like that. So, you know, they really do run the continuum of all the different types of businesses out there. So I always think it's fascinating to hear from them. And, you know, they're one of the few nonprofits out there that really raise most of their money from companies. I know. Uh, most nonprofits raise most of their money from yep. individuals. Agreed. Um, my next favorite one, and I'm going to keep it short just because we're running a little bit short on time, is episode mm-hmm. 236, REI Aims to Reclaim Outdoors for Women with Force of Nature. And oh, this is kind of top one. of mind for me yeah. because Laura Swap was at Engage for Good talking about all of their amazing campaigns and just how thoughtful and smart they are. Um, but this episode really talked about you know how they decided to start Force of Nature. They've really become a big player in the social impact space ever since their Opt Outside campaign a couple of years ago where they encouraged people... Black Friday to not go shopping. They closed their stores and their website and they encouraged people to go outside and, you know, go hike and just enjoy the outdoors. So ever since then, I think they have, they have emerged as a very interesting, innovative leader in the social impact space. But I think the other thing that they really do well is that authenticity piece. And they really make sure to kind of vet that, you know, is this an issue we can be authentically, authentically, incredibly speaking too. Um, and you know, the force of nature piece is all about putting women front and center in the outdoor industry because women traditionally have not been. And it's one of those things that you're like, well, they make women's clothes, but come to find out, you know, the, the outdoor industry as a whole has not done a good job in making the best women's clothes. Like they, they've done really great stuff for men, but not as great, um, they they don't have equal clothing or they haven't in the past for mm-hmm. women and the other thing that the campaign has brought up is that just that it can't just be like the skinny model women that they're making clothing for. It has to be for all size women. Like every type of woman right. should be able to enjoy the outside. Um, and so they've really kind of put that message front and center too. just this message of acceptance and inclusion. Um, and it's really smart. So I just uh, just a little shout out to that one. That was and, a good and one. And Laura's great. Yeah. And she was great in the podcast. She was great at Engage for Good. So that is definitely worth your li- listen yeah. to episode 236. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think I'd round out my list. Um, and I was looking for podcasts that I found inspiring. Mm. Isn't every um, podcast one of the with things me I inspiring? Really liked, I know. It, well, you know, that's the thing. It really is true. Like <laughs> after you talk to just about all these people, I always hang up the phone thinking like, wow, that is fantastic. You know, that's awesome that someone is doing something like that. And then the very next episode, I find myself saying the I know. same thing. It really is amazing. Right? Um that's why I think I had to go back. That's why I didn't have to go back too far, I think, in our episodes to find one. But episode 260, Finding Purpose, One Man's Journey from Attorney to Chocolate mm. Maker, when we talked about Eskenazi Chocolate mm-hmm. and Sean Eskenazi, just an incredible journey from a corporate lawyer to a chocolate maker. And I admired uh, Sean for a bunch of different reasons, but I was really admired that he made this transition from a from a demanding uh 
but rewarding field that he was in as a corporate attorney and then really embraced this chocolate making process. And you know what the thing was that I was impressed with Sean too, Megan, was he really treated it like a craft. Mm. You know, I mean, he was really thinking about how do I make chocolate in just the most delicious way possible. And, um, and of course, uh, Sean was very nice in sending us a few chocolates. I know. So I guess I'm biased in that so regard. Yummy. Because I quickly worked through them, but they were delicious. And, you know, so it just made his uh, podcast with us that much more sweet to actually have the product in hand and to enjoy it, you know? So, I mean, that was it. So I really suggest that people listen to that episode. Another episode, Megan, that I found uh, very inspiring, I'll just mention this one quickly, is episode 223, How Be Good is Building a Business Full of Social Good. And uh, Be Good was actually founded here in Boston. It's based here in Boston. I didn't realize when we spoke uh, to John, who was talking to us from his truck, which was unair conditioned, if you remember, Megan and we nearly we nearly <laughs> killed him I think in his truck but it had grown uh, Be Good had grown to 50 it has grown to 54 locations I mean they own their own island out in the Boston Harbor where they grow all their uh, vegetables and everything so I was just so impressed about how this business started so small they embedded cause and social good right from the beginning they grew it and as they grew it they continued to give back and find ways to make their business more cause-oriented and sustainable. And they used a lot of great technology, too. They talked about how they were using mobile uh, in their business to you know, to give away food and to reward customers with cause points, etc. I thought it was just a really um, uh, fascinating episode. And John gets the reward for giving an interview under most duress. We should start giving that out. Most unique yeah. place. Abs- I, I think that's... Carol yeah, Cohn yeah, wins that unique, award for, for doing an interview with yeah. us in the back of an Uber. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> I think she right, actually right, talked right. to us from a closet once, too. I don't know what it is with Carol yeah, no. <laughs> her Cause Talk Radio experiences. No, I love that one, too. And um, just to comment quickly on the Ask a Nosy one, I think one of the things that was really interesting about that is that that man knew nothing about chocolate when he started out on that journey. I mean, no. I think that's part of the reason it was so inspiring. That's right. And he wrote a book, too. from a field with... Yeah, that's right. And where he came from such being such a knowledge leader in his industry to becoming a newbie again. I just really admire that in a person. I agree. I agree. Well, yeah. there you have it, folks. You yeah. have lots of great episodes to listen to over the summer, so we will not leave you high and dry. Um, and as always, you can Joe and I will still be here, so you can still reach out to us if yep. you would like to do that directly. Joe, how can people reach you online if they would like to do that? Uh, minute to minute, they can find me on Twitter at Joe Waters. Uh, don't forget, I'm going to keep on publishing my weekly newsletter. comes out every Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock. Uh, sign up for it at SelfishGiving.com. And, of course, I'm pinning away on Pinterest cause-related campaigns. So there are three places that you can find me, Megan. What about you? Where can people find you this summer besides on the beach getting a tan and eating uh, hot dogs and milkshakes? <laughs> you, don't, you don't know me at all, do you? <laughs> I know. Oh, oh, uh, up in your area, it must be like a vegan smoothie and a tofu hot dog. That's right. That's exactly what. Those are my right? favorites. Thank you for pointing that out to everyone. Yeah. Um, I am also on yeah. Twitter at Engage for Good. 
where I tweet for Engage for Good, as well as at Megan Strand. And you can also find show notes for today's episode, as well as all of the other episodes we were talking about today at engageforgood.com, as well as selfishgiving.com. And while you are online, if you have not done this already, you really, really, really should subscribe to Cause Talk Radio, because when we come out in the fall with our new seasons format, you are going to want to get those episodes. So please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, or Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts, because we are on all of those places. So on behalf of Joe and myself, have a great summer. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio, and we'll talk to you in the fall. 